This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. What's up everybody and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Jonners. This is episode 87 and it's a special WWE pay-per-view review. It's, uh, we're covering TLC which was on Sunday night. Uh, you can watch it on the WWE Network and I'm going to be covering it with our special guest Jason Lee Wood. Um, but to, before all of that, as I like to do at the beginning of every single episode, is to throw out our social media plugs so you know where to find us. Reach out to us, ask us any questions and just simply say hi. You can find us on Twitter. First of all, our Twitter handle is at withjonners underscore pod. And of course, on Instagram, our Instagram handle is Wrestling with Johnners, Instagram.com forward slash Wrestling with Johnners. And go ahead and find our fun, friendly, interactive Facebook community page wrestling with Johnners is uh, what you're looking for there on facebook uh, be part of the uh, the group there on facebook and of course if you enjoy listening to this podcast please don't forget to hit subscribe so that you can be notified every time a new episode drops you can find the wrestling with Johnners podcast on all popular podcasting platforms including apple google podcast spotify podbean and of course youtube so please spread the word and give us a follow on all of our social media pages and subscribe to our podcast and youtube channels so uh, I want to introduce uh, somebody that we've had on the podcast before. I think it was September uh, when uh, Jason was last on the Wrestling with Johnners podcast. And he, he reached out to, to myself after that recording. He said, John, I'd love to be on the podcast again, but can I review a pay-per-view? And uh, of course, I got in touch with Jason and uh, we agreed on uh, covering WWE TLC. So Jason Lee Wood, good evening. How are you, sir? Uh, good, thank you. How are you? Very good. Great to have you back on the show. Really good to have you back on the show. Um, so we're going to be talking uh, all, all the good, all the bad and all the indifferent from TLC from Sunday nights. And uh, overall, it was a bit of a mixed bag. And I can't wait to talk about all the kind of all the highlights and all the lowlights. I know that it's received mixed reviews online. Uh, if, you, if you've read any reviews or listened to any reviews of TLC, um, I'm sure that you're, you're going to get uh, some good and some bad, and I can't wait to cover all of them good and bad moments with Jason. But uh, uh, first of all, Jason, um, great to have you back on the podcast. Now, one thing that I'm quite intrigued about yourself and kind of uh, following you on Facebook as, as a Facebook friend, you're very much into your films and you're very much into your movies and go into the cinema. And uh, occasionally you do drop um, a, a a, a cinema um, review, a, a film review. You obviously love your your films. Now I worked in the cinema industry for 17 years up until quite oh, recently. Really? Uh, absolutely, I was a cinema manager for 17 years from ah. uh, 2002 through to um, earlier this summer. And then I changed career. Um, but um, yeah, so for all of that time, I could watch any film whenever I wanted, free of charge. It was a great, really, isn't is, it? When you worked 40 hours, 50 hours sometimes a week in a cinema, the last thing you yeah. wanted to do was to uh, to watch a film afterwards. You just want to get home and yeah. have a nice cold beer. But uh, you obviously uh, love going to the cinema. You're, you're a big film fan, a big cinema fan. So tell us about some of the films that you've seen recently. And I know that you do your Facebook reviews, don't you, Jason? 
Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's like a, a public service. It feels like. Um, uh, yeah, I uh, review. Um, yeah, I go to the cinema quite frequently. Um, now I've got a newborn. It's not as frequently as I would like, but um, you've got responsibilities. But uh, yeah, I, I try and go at least once a week. I've got one of those unlimited passes, so I can go whenever I like. Ah. And uh, yeah, I, I just recently saw actually. Um, well, I mean, any time The Rock's in a film, I'll go see it. Um, but yeah, I just seen the latest um, Jumanji. Um, it's the first time actually I was disappointed in a film with The Rock, and it's the first time ever I've walked out of a cinema. Um, well, which... I did read that, Jason, and I was yeah. quite surprised. But that, um, it, was it sounds like they, they, yeah, it sounds <laughs> like they, they, they the, the first film was a kind of an unexpected success, and it did yes. very, very well worldwide. Yeah. And it was kind of a bit of a, a Christmas blockbuster a couple of years ago now, I believe. And um, it, it was a, a, a very good film, and obviously it was a a reboot, a, a reimagining of the original yeah. Robin Williams Jumanji from, uh, I think it was probably the, the, the early to mid 90s, wasn't it? So a good 25 years ago, uh, the original Jumanji. Yeah. And uh, it was an excellent film, but then um, I have also heard mixed reviews about the new Jumanji, um, and it's got Danny DeVito in there as well. And I know that in the first film, um, the, the characters that we know and love uh, were play were, were kind of computer generated characters or computer characters um you know that showed you know dwayne johnson and and various others and they were school kids weren't they playing jumanji at home and they got sucked into the computer game now tell us um a a bit of an overview of of this film and uh, some of the differences and well you you might not be able to tell too much because as you mentioned you walked out jason well i mean i got to 40 minutes um but the so the, the premise is still the same there's still avatars in the of the other world uh, but the the twist and um, which is meant to be the I guess the hook is meant to be now the rock is no longer the the young lad um, who's discovering himself. He's actually Danny DeVito, um, which right. on paper, I'm sure so, somebody thought this will be hilarious. This will be. Um, and you thought, yeah, that five minutes, it will be funny. But there's no way you can make this work for an hour and a half because it's it's just really frustrating and boring and and i mean and the same goes for kevin hart he's playing danny glover and um then they swapped over um well the girl's still the same the ginger egg girl is still played by uh karen gillian who plays nebula in uh, gone to galaxy um Correct. but the black lad is now jack black so he is at times trying to be a black lad um which in times is probably on the edge of maybe being a bit dodgy at times yeah um but to be honest it was just more about that you had about 10 minutes of material that someone wanted to spread over an hour and a half and it was just mind-numbing by the end there was only me and there might have been two other people in the cinema and so it's really awkward when you want to walk out of a film when this is nearly empty anyway. Um, it, it wasn't like it was full. Uh, so it did draw attention that we were like, oh, this is uh, this is not working. This isn't. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I always go to the cinema with my dad. Uh, that's one of our things we do. Uh, some people go see football or go to the pub. That's what we do. Um, and we looked at each other and we hadn't talked about think what we were both thinking we looked at each other and went oh shall we sack it and we went yeah let's just go and so that was it and that was disappointing I mean I'd seen Knived Out I saw that last week and that was wicked really enjoyable film 
Um, and I've seen a few others, but that was just, no, it's so disappointing. And I will pretty much watch The Rock do anything. If he decided to pick up the yellow pages and read it, I'd probably <laughs> watch that. Um, but this was just one of them where I was just like, man, this is just not. And I mean, at the end of the day, if you make a billion dollars for a film, you're going to get a sequel, aren't you? Yeah, um, nowadays definitely yeah. all too. Yeah, that is that is the kind of like I mean maybe not I don't know if it was a billion but it was a heck of a lot of money and everyone was surprised because it was funny, um, but this one was just like lightning doesn't always strike twice and uh, that, that that was it really it was you, you flog this horse and you can't do it anymore. Um, I, I, I somebody else, go see it if you if you uh, disagree with me fine I can live with that, um, but I'm not in any rush to see the other. 40 minutes or whatever it is i can i can well, do with it, that it might have explained why there was only four of you in that uh in that <laughs> yeah, to start yeah. off with to be Correct. honest with you, but <laughs> yeah. uh, another film i want to talk to you about now i've been a, a lifelong star wars fan a lifelong uh, star wars fan uh so are you looking forward to the new the latest star wars which comes out fairly soon doesn't it uh is it uh the rise of skywalker or something like that but uh, are yeah, you looking forward to it jason yes absolutely and uh yeah, definitely uh, patient, uh, wait, waiting that quite impatiently. There's a, uh, a cinema near where we are, and it's a bit unusual that they actually have a Papa John's in the cinema, and you can order a uh, pizza to your chair. Um, so we always do that every year. Me and my dad go see a Star Wars, order the pizza to our chair, and uh, just sit there enjoying that very... And it's quite a fun experience, that one is. But totally looking forward to it. I, uh, I've really enjoyed all these new Star Wars. I know some people have been quite... Um, disappointed by them but I love them I think they're great yeah same here and uh, yeah. I probably won't see it um, or the week of its release I think I might wait for it to calm down a little bit then go with my family uh, to our local cinema yeah. down the road but uh, definitely definitely looking forward to that one to see how they kind of uh, cap off this what 40 40 plus years of, of, of star wars franchise and uh no doubt there'll be more i mean uh, that you've got the the mandalorian series on uh, the disney <coughs> network Every now quarter, i'm sure yeah. that we'll, we'll, we'll get to see that in the uk at some point i may have seen one or two episodes uh, uh, I but uh, i don't know how it just happened spontaneously <laughs> i have no idea that's right just appeared to appeared on my tv one afternoon <laughs> but uh, uh yeah so uh, lots of good uh, film product to come out uh, for all the, the families looking for something to do over Christmas and New Year. And I know the cinema business is always busy this time of year with all of its big releases. Uh, but just to touch upon one or two podcast episodes, it's going to be dropping on the Wrestling with Jonna's uh, podcast very, very soon. So besides this one that I'm recording with Jason uh, on Saturday, uh, Saturday, the 21st. So this coming Saturday, you will you'll be presented with a very special pro wrestling end of year awards show where I'll be joined by uh, Dits from Dits on Wrestling, um, a very uh, popular YouTuber and uh, podcaster and uh, Twitter, you could say. Myself and Dits will be uh, announcing the winners to our 25 award categories. So if you haven't had a chance to, if you haven't voted yet, uh, that you can do, just simply go to the, the link that will be, uh, it's going to be part of the description to this podcast, wherever you're listening to this. So go down to the d- uh, description and click on the link there. Um, I'll read it out. It's not very inspiring, the the kind of the, the link or the web page, but it's uh, bit.ly forward slash WWJ awards. Uh, but of course, uh, click on the link that will be part of the description to this episode. And uh, yes, uh, voting comes to an end fairly soon. So get your votes in soon. Uh, and then we've got on Boxing Day. 
I'll be dropping a, a very uh, special episode that I've already recorded. It's an interview with Coastal Championship Wrestling Superstar Char Char Charlie. Um, so uh, that that's kind of one episode uh, to get you uh, to, to get you listening to over the Christmas and holiday period. Um, I know a lot of podcasters don't tend to drop much material over Christmas and uh, New Year, but I will be dropping that episode on Chris on Boxing Day, as a matter of fact, the twenty sixth. Then on the second of January. Uh, I've got uh, another interview coming with Big Effin' Joe, uh, current Rise Underground heavyweight champion and a bit of a hardcore legend on the UK independent scene. And he recently wrestled in the CZW King of Death Matches tournament uh, this year. And I, I think you've uh, mentioned that you've seen uh, Big Effin' Joe in the flesh. Have you seen him wrestle before? Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, actually. Um, we went to uh, a Rise tournament. Me and my mate Andy went to a Rise tournament earlier uh, this year. And he was in the main event. It was a, a tag team um, tornado, and it was it was brutal. They were hitting each other with light tubes and everything. And then I did. Um, there was like a. Uh, I guess I can only compare it to Fight Club. It was in a. It was gen. It was in a basement. There was no rules. It was just two guys beating each other up. And uh, Joe wasn't the competitor, but he was watching. He was stood next to me. This is all on YouTube. This video is. Um, and he looked as terrified as I was watching this match. <laughs> he, he did not know what was going on, just the same as me. I was like, this is mad, this is. And he looked at me and he went, he just uh, nodded. Partway through, he says to the rest of the, he went, that was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Jim Cornette hates you. Uh, which I thought was quite a funny comment to make. Um, but yeah, it was it was really cool. But I did see the uh, CZW match as well. And I mean, he took I think he took a powerbomb through a glass table. Um, he's he's pretty and he's got a fantastic look. I mean, it's daft. I mean, it's pro wrestling. He walks around in Y fronts and a, and a shirt. So he either looks like a big baby or he looks like a, some kind of serial killer. He, he, he strolls that line. But when it's all covered in blood, it does look terrifying. He's got a, it, it looks brilliant. And I mean, I I can't see how he hasn't for saying the Necrobutcher got as far as he did. I can't see how Big Effin Joe isn't um, more popular in the States by now. He's very good talent. Yeah, so I'll be uh, recording with uh, Big F and Joe on 2nd of January and they'll be dropping that same day. So uh, look out for that episode as well. And then on the 5th of January, I'll be recording two episodes back to back covering day one and day two of New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom 14. That'll be on January the 5th. So plenty to look forward to uh, from the Wrestling with Jonas podcast, of course. So. Jason, let's let's have a little talk about TLC. So uh, it was on the WWE Network on Sunday night. Um, I, I kind of made it, I spread it over two days. I watched uh, mm-hmm. a few matches yesterday, a few matches today. We're recording this on a Tuesday, of course. Um, now, uh, we both watched the, the the kickoff match we yeah. didn't watch all of the all of the uh, conversation and all of the interviews beforehand but we did watch the kickoff match now um, I th- this one I, I don't think was advertised before it may have been but this was a, a bit of a surprise to me to see these two on the card or on the kickoff at all and it was Andrade with uh, Zelina Vega going up against Humberto Carrillo so this, this was quite a, a fun kickoff match you could say with mm. uh, Andrade having much of the offense uh, however Carrillo uh, did bust Andrade open with a kind of a bit of a wayward kick just above uh, his uh, left eye, I believe. Uh, there's one spot in the match where Andrade had um, Carrillo hung upside down in the ropes before Andrade came crashing down from the top of the corner post with a devastating double foot stomp, sending mm. Carrillo hard onto the ring apron and then down onto the floor. So that looked pretty brutal. Uh, Carrillo did, however, win the match with uh, an avalanche reverse runner. 
uh, followed by a, a moonsault uh, to get the pinfall victory over Andrade. Um, and uh, after the match, there was further uh, dissension between Andrade and Zelina Vega, yeah. uh, which will almost certainly lead to the inevitable split between the two in the coming weeks, no doubt. Um, so uh, give us your thoughts on this kickoff match. I mean, to be honest with you, looking at um, the entirety of the TLC card, it probably wouldn't have been out of place on the main card, to be honest with you. Uh, but I thought it was OK for what it was. Uh, it was one of the one of the, the highlights of the evening for me anyway. But what about yourself? Yeah. Well, it, it, it uh, reminded me of um, Cesaro and Mansoor, really. It was like this um, kind of anomaly. It, I mean, it wasn't advertised at all. Um, I, I listened to, I know I talk about Cesaro, but you get where I'm going. He said to uh, Corey Graves, he says, well, I have no control over the ending of a match. It's predetermined, but I can do amazing stuff in the middle of it. And I think that's where Adrade is in this moment. He's not really getting the wins for whatever reason, but he is fantastic. And I think he did as best as he could to make, um, how do you, what's the guy's name? Um, Humberto Carrillo. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't like the I don't like the Power Ranger look. I don't like it at all. Um, but and I don't rate. I don't. I don't think he's. I think he's just a little bit. I don't know. Soft. He reminds me of like a. A bit like um, the Miz, really. I mean, I granted he can do flips and that, but I'm I'm still not too impressed with the style what he does. But I thought uh, the match was very good, even to the point where the fans, because it's early on. Now I, I I can't really get my head around coming in late to a pay per view you've paid for, but yeah. that seems to happen quite a bit in the states. That does. I I definitely want to see early matches. I paid for the whole lot. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. 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 So so they come in, so they're a bit indifferent to the match that's going on. But by the end, they were cheering for it. And I think even they got this is awesome part way through them uh, because that finish where he took those two moves and that moonsault was superb. Um, I mean, I think he made him look like a star. Um, it's a mental decision to separate Andrade with uh, Vega. That that yeah. would just be that wouldn't make any sense. Where are you going to put her? Because she's too really too small to be a wrestler. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, she's much smaller than uh, Sasha Banks. I don't see it working. And their character, they work really well. I mean, he can't. Well, he can speak some English, but he's not there yet. And Vince doesn't like someone who doesn't speak English. So, I mean, I, I think that'd be a bad idea to separate those two. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I think Andrade, uh, he, his career started to turn around when he had Zelina Vega paired up with him on NXT as his, as his yes. manager or his valet. And uh, she even gets involved in some of the matches. But I think that's kind of where it's gone a bit wrong for them recently, where she's got involved. And it's uh, mm. kind of led to Andrade being defeated off of one of her moves. Uh, but I also think it will be a mistake to separate the two of them. It looks like that's the way it's going to go. Uh, yeah. So what the, what the future holds for Zelina Vega is unknown. Um, Andrade once again his, his English isn't the strongest um, now yeah. I'd like to say I'd like to say let his wrestling do the talking uh, but you know what WWE are like they, they like a guy that can talk and, yeah. and cut a promo in the ring um, so not having that mouthpiece next to him could be yeah. a, a danger sign to be honest with you so uh, we'll have to see what happens there hopefully you know the fact that they're giving them some airtime and a bit of a storyline. Um, hopefully that leads to something positive for both of them. But at the moment, I've got kind of the warning flags up, to be honest with you. And it, it, uh, yes, I've, all the warning signals are going off in my head, making me think that this yeah. isn't going to be a good decision. So I'm intrigued to see what they do next. Hopefully it's, it's good. But knowing the way, knowing WWE's history, um, I, I, I don't know how it can end up uh, good for either of them, to be honest with you. 
No, and I think I mean if you look at history, there's very few acts like double acts that aren't tag teams, where dropping the person that supports them improves that person. I mean, Brock Lesnar didn't like it. That's why they put Heyman back with him. Bobby Lashley now has a different person with him because he's got no personality. Um, you start listening. I mean, AOP needs somebody else as well. Um, all these th- these acts need somebody to support them for a reason, and and there's nothing wrong with it, but. Well, Vince McMahon seems to not like the idea of it. I don't really get it, but okay. We, we will see what happens there. I've got in the back of my mind that maybe they could do something, some sort of uh, pairing between Andrade and Charlotte, because they're a real-life couple, and they could kind of play that off on TV, similar similar to similar to well, what they did with Seth and Becky. And, uh, yeah, that worked. You, 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 well, it didn't, did it really? But I'm just kind of spitballing here. I'm spitballing, but uh, I just want I just want something positive for Andrade because I think he, you yeah, know, with his with, with his fantastic talent, he deserves so much more. Um, and that's where I've got got, got uh, two sets of fingers crossed here for yeah. Andrade. But going into the main show, then Jason, uh, the opening match on the main card was uh, the New Day versus the Revival. So of course, the New Day, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. And this is this was uh, not originally a gimmick match, but uh, I think they introduced the ladder match gimmick to it partway through the week. Or uh, um, yeah, okay. but. Uh, so, so this was a solid opener uh, with yeah. some really good use of uh, the ladders from both teams. Uh, Biggie <laughs> went four and he failed uh, a big splash on Wilder. Wilder. Wilder was laid out on one of the ladders on the edge of the ring and Biggie crashed and burned on that one. Uh, in one spot, Kofi was climbing the ladder before Dash and Dawson tipped the ladder. But Kofi managed to step onto the top rope, bouncing his way back off the rope uh, with a, a tornado DVT on Dawson. That was pretty good. Uh, typical Kofi Kingston sort of uh, daredevil move there. We saw uh, Big E then launched himself through the rope, spearing Wilder uh, down um, through the ropes and to the outside. That's one of his kind of key spots. I'm, I'm surprised mm-hmm. he hasn't kind of blown a, uh, blown an injury or a shoulder out from that move. But he does always land very, very hard. Then well, in land, the didn't he? Yeah, he, he really does. And uh, I'm surprised they haven't kind of told him to calm down on that move because yeah. he does seem to injure himself more than he does his opponents. Then uh, in another amazing sequence, um, Big E firstly gets suplexed onto a ladder uh, that was breached between a second ladder and the turnbuckle before being splashed through the same ladder. So kind of a bit of a double bump there for Big E. Uh, Kingston mm. then leaps from the ropes, landing cat-like onto the ladder in the center of the ring. B- Big E recovers to drop Wilder with a big ending from the top of the ladder uh, before Kofi nails Dawson with the, the the contraption that holds the belts at the top high above the ring, <coughs> uh, causing Dawson to crash through another ladder, freeing Kofi up to unhook the belts and to retain the SmackDown Tag Team Championships for his team. So, um... I think many people would agree this is one of the one of the highlights of TLC yeah. from Sunday. And I, I I really enjoyed this one. Great to see the revival in a, a featured match on a pay per view. I think uh, a last time they were meant to be in a brand supremacy triple threat match against Undisputed Era and the Viking Raiders when they lost the SmackDown Tag Team Championships to the New Day. Um, but um, yeah, I thought this was a, a good way to kick off the show. What about yourself, Jason? Yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, um, some of the spots were just. Uh, very original as well. I mean, um, Kofi did this one where he slid through the, the ropes and then the uh, the revival kind of squashed him as he came down, like guillotine style. Yeah. It looked awful. And then he jumped on the ladder from out of the ring. That looked so painful. Um, they got Big, uh, Big E and uh, stabbed him between the legs with the, uh, with the ladder. 
that that spear you mentioned that was he was like a rocket there that's the i, I mean i'm surprised he didn't land in the first row with that one and um Kofi did that amazing one where he kind of the 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 ladder tilted and he put his foot on the rope and then he bounced off and came off with a swinging DDT. That was when, that reminded me. I was like, there's a reason why this guy was world champ for as long as he was because he is awesome. Um, and actually, I thought was that one of the first times that uh, Michael Cole had mentioned that he used to be the world champ. Well, I, I think WWE has kind of made it firmly part of the history books and they don't bring it up much at all to be honest with you jason that's what, that yeah that's all i thought i was like i don't think i've heard them mention that since that whole t- since him losing the belt i can't remember them mention he is a former but they michael cole mentioned it twice and he said because he even he says oh he's been world champion but he definitely doesn't want to lose his tag team belt so i was like i'm pretty sure he's more upset about the first one yeah. um but yeah that's the first time i've really mentioned and noticed and mention it but i thought it was a very good match I wondered if the um, the suplex and then Dawson splashing Biggie through the um, through the ladder was maybe inaudible because I thought they missed that slightly. Maybe. Uh, but I it was, yeah, I thought it was a fantastic match. Very, very good. Very good yeah. opener, definitely. Indeed. And uh, it was followed by an equally as good match. Um, and I thought possibly the match of the night to Alistair Black versus Buddy Murphy. So now this was one of the matches going into it that I was most looking forward to, to be honest with you. Uh, before the match began, both men sat cross-legged from one another in the centre of the ring uh, before Black tries to take Murphy's head off with a, a black mask to, to even start the match. So that was a, uh, a pretty hot way to start the match. But uh, Murphy just got out of the way and avoided the black mask. Uh, Buddy Murphy appears to break Alistair Black's nose by slamming him face first down onto the ring steps um, off the ring apron. And this is uh, the second bit of blood that we've seen in the first three matches because, as mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier, Andrade was, uh, uh, had a cut above the, the eye and uh, now Alistair Black has uh, a bloody nose, a suspected broken nose. Uh, but uh, Black catches Murphy with several solid kicks before getting a two count from a springboard moonsault from the second rope. Uh, Black then hits a second moonsault, this time from the middle turnbuckle, nailing Murphy on the outside <coughs> down to the floor. Uh, Murphy hits Black with a, a number of stiff kicks to the face um, and uh, before getting a two count from a powerbomb. Now, Alistair Black fought back, striking Murphy with a, 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 a black mass from out of nowhere, getting the one, two, three in this hard fought win. So uh, this match was really good and I you know, couldn't really fault it in any way. It was it was pretty stiff and both guys uh, were getting their licks in, getting their kicks in as well. The, the blood definitely okay. added to the match. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, this was a well-deserved win for Alistair Black. Mm-hmm. Um, he came out of the match, you know, with a suspected broken nose. But uh, one thing that I enjoyed about this match was it it was great to see Alistair Black on a pay-per-view and it was great to see Buddy Murphy yep. on a pay-per-view up until recently and possibly for, for too many months now. They've been uh, out the way, unseen, kind of uh, not in any kind of pay-per-view featured matches at all. But it's good to see them. Two very uh, capable wrestlers in the ring going up against one another on this pay-per-view. And um, definitely a thumbs up from me. I wouldn't mind seeing more from these two in the ring. Um, mm-hmm. Let's hope we do so. But what were your thoughts on this one then, Jason? I think it was probably one of my favourite matches of the night. Um, I thought it was fantastic. Um, Alistair Black's old entrance. I mean, I don't know if you noticed in on Raw, he tends to just walk down. This was where he actually kind of came out that came well from up the ground like a like an like a like Dracula coming up. Um, yeah. he, that that was on, and then Buddy Murphy was already sitting leg crossed, and so he jumped over the ropes and they sat facing each other leg crossed, uh, which looked very cool. Um, 
again, this might have been a, um, I don't really know. Fans weren't interested in this one at the beginning. Uh, and granted, didn't have a build, but I'm not sure if they just didn't know who the people were. Um, but they definitely took a while to get into this one. Um, and that for saying that they beat the living daylights out of each other, um, by the end of it, I think the people started to enjoy it. Um, I thought it was wicked. I really do like both their styles. Uh, I think I heard Dave Meltzer say that Buddy Murphy's just nicked all the new Japan moves. I don't care. It's great. <laughs> no, um, don't, don't care it, at all. You know, he, no. he, he, he does it. He does it. Uh, does it very well. If that's yeah. the case. And he did that. Like, did, um, what is it? Will Osprey's cheeky Nando's, didn't he? he did that loads yeah, of times. That was he pretty did. cool. Um, I mean, the bus didn't. I mean, he, Alistair Black winning when they had that last face-off where they started to batter each other and then him knocking him down. Now, he did break his nose, but him standing there with blood and that broken nose, he just looked like a badass. And I was like, that is a brilliant visual, that is. Um, I just hope... I mean, this is Paul Heyman, this is. You can obviously tell he likes both these guys. Um, I just hope either... I mean, they could do um, a Keith Lee and Dominic Jijak and just let these guys do this match half a dozen times. Um, and actually that'll get them further over, um, rather than simply just moving on to a different person, because I'm not sure about the raw. I don't really know if there is anybody in the raw mid card who would actually help these guys progress as well as they need to really. I don't know. Mm. Raw mid card seems a bit late. I don't know. There's not really much to the, the raw mid card. You ask me. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Alistair Black go up against AJ Styles. I think that would be a great match. And it okay. will also get uh, Alistair Black involved in maybe a, a title uh, programme with AJ Styles. But uh, I, I can honestly see Alistair Black being a main eventer um, in the next two or three years, to be honest with you. I think he's got a great gimmick. He's got mm. a great look. He's got an amazing moveset. Um, he, you know, he he's... He's good at selling. He pulls off all the emotions that's needed during a match as well. Um, but uh, I think he's the total package. And I think they do know what they have in Alistair Black. But I just don't quite know that they know what to do with him yet. Uh, that's the problem with him. Um, as for Buddy Murphy, after he lost the Cruiserweight Championship at WrestleMania, he's kind of dropped off the face of a cliff, to be honest with you. We haven't really seen much of him. I think he was involved briefly in a in a, a match or two with Roman Reigns earlier on in the year. But um, he's one of the talents... Well, yeah, I mean, he's one of these talents that, that doesn't get used very often. Yeah. But when he does, when he is seen on TV, he's always effective and uh, he always impresses yeah. people. But he's another wrestler that I think they just don't quite know what to do with yet. Yeah. And well, let, 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 let's have a look at our next match. So the, the next match is for the Raw Tag Team Championship. So we knew that the, the Viking Raiders were going to be in a match at TLC, but uh, it was an open challenge. So it was going to be interesting to see who was going to uh, take on the, the Viking Raiders uh, open challenge. Now, I, I probably wasn't the only one who was slightly disappointed when the OC came out as the, the Raiders opponents, to be honest with you. I was mildly intrigued when this match was announced as, a, as, a, as an open challenge, but I I was honestly looking forward to maybe maybe the Street Profits coming out to relive the matches that they had with the Viking Raiders over in, the, in their uh -huh. NXT days, or maybe a team that we've not seen challenged for the titles before. Uh, did you have any kind of thoughts, expectations, hopes of who the uh, Open Challenge might be answered by, Jason? Well, I don't know about hopes, but I, to be honest, I thought I'd heard via a tweet or something that they'd already announced this match. It wasn't an open challenge, and I was pretty sure I'd already been. T I'd heard that it was going to be the OC, uh, which is why 
I I I wasn't just I wasn't surprised. I was just uh-huh. more like, oh okay. And, okay. and I mean, I, I I look on Wrestle Talk quite a bit, and and they said, well, wasn't it mentioned? Because they they all seem to th- see the same thing I did, which was I'm sure this was mentioned somewhere. So I thought I'd heard it somewhere on one of the other websites rather than like speculation it had actually been announced but okay. yeah yeah so i was a bit no i i mean that the the street profits match would have been good the one they mm. did on raw wasn't bad but it was just quite short i thought and doing that one again would have probably been a, a much better use instead of the street profits backstage doing more hype promos yeah, so unfortunately I wasn't wowed by this match, if I'm honest with you. Uh, the ending of the match came um, as even more of an anticlimax, you could say, when the Raiders managed to hit their Viking experience. Uh, first of all, they only managed to get a two count on, on Gallows, um, and, uh, and then, then all the wrestlers kind of tumbled to the outside. The match goes to the outside where, where the fighting continued. Neither man was able to get back into the ring before the referee's ten count, and the match went to a double count out. So the Raiders, you know, have their music played after putting Carl Anderson through a KFC-sponsored table, mm-hmm. and this match was was largely forgettable, to be honest with you. Um, you know, <laughs> thanks. You know, I, I just didn't feel that the right opponent was up against the viking no. raiders and uh, i felt that it was used more as a a, a build to promote kfc um to, to yes. the end to be honest with you as opposed to uh, a way to promote a wrestling match but uh, yeah um I, I think this was largely forgettable to be honest with you what, what about yourself yeah i would agree with you uh, i don't know if you've ever heard of the tv show chuck um but that that show the reason why i'm bringing it up is because they uh, weren't going to do a fifth season, but they got uh, Subway to sponsor them. Right. And every episode, they had to eat a Subway and they had to mention Subway <laughs> in the episode. And I just thought, so they're actually sitting fans supposedly out above in front of the barrier now that they can eat KFC in front of it. Then the bit that didn't make any sense was... Well, you slam people through food. In this one, they took all the food away. I was just like, well, <laughs> that was weird, that was. I was like, maybe KFC said, no, don't ruin our food. I don't know what that was about. Um, I didn't like the Viking Raiders promo either. I thought they looked like, they sounded like a worse version of Braun Strowman, just cartoony characters. And I I don't know. I, I, I was really disappointed with it. Um, I like the OC, but I don't really understand how you can have tag team champions and then another tag team that are the greatest tag team in the world. It it, it really doesn't work. Um, so, no, I was just disappointed by it. And and then, of course, it wasn't going to have a proper finish, was it? So it was just a lame, a lame match. And I just thought, well, it's just a waste of time this was. Because you thought the overall goal was to break the table, the KFC table, and get each of a messy. And they didn't even do that. Uh, that's, that's not uh, usually th- there's a good food fight in WWE yeah, yeah, exactly. there's food around it? so yeah. it's a good food fight and everybody gets messy and uh, yeah. there we go not on this occasion but um, there we go we, we kind of look to expect more KFC um, <laughs> angles or promos on WWE programming no doubt uh, we'll see uh, see the commentators chewing on some kind of uh, chicken drumstick in the future but there we go uh, the next match um, is another one that, uh, quite an interesting talking point and got a lot of people talking online uh, both thanks to the, the, the build of this match and also the match itself but it's King Corbin versus Roman Reigns and this was a, a TLC a tables letters and chairs match so this match started on the rampway after Roman 
uh, got attacked by Baron Corbin's security guards. Uh, Roman then disposes of Corbin off the side of the stage where they brawl through the crowd. Uh, Corbin gets the upper hands and proceeded to pummel Reigns both inside and outside of the ring using the steel ring steps and the ladders as weapons. Uh, Corbin then strikes uh, the big dog with a, a can of dog food uh, before choke slamming Reigns through a table for a close near fall. Uh, Corbin then clears two announced desks and looks as though he's about to set Reigns up for a powerbomb. However, Roman Reigns is quick to transition Corbin up into a Samoan drop um, and drops him through one of the uh, other announced desks. Roman then gets his uh, uh, gets a bit of a head of steam as he looks to deliver a spear kind of running around the ring. But however, Dolph Ziggler uh, comes from underneath the ring and nails Roman with a, a super kick from out of nowhere. Whereas Michael Cole described it a Superman kick. So obviously getting his uh, his wrestling moves mixed up there. And uh, now it's two against one. Is that the heels retrieve some handcuffs from underneath the ring? Uh, Reigns retrieves a, uh, a kendo stick and goes to town on the King and the security guard and Ziggler until the revival come out as extra backup for the King and now it looks like there's a dozen or so guys up against uh, Roman Reigns um, but uh, this didn't stop there it didn't stop the big dog from launching himself over the top rope with his big dive over onto everybody on the outside Back inside the ring, Ziggler hits Reigns with a chair shot and a zigzag. Uh, the Revival drop Roman Reigns with a shatter machine. Uh, King Corbin then finishes the match with an end of days onto a steel chair and the referee counts the one, two, three. So despite the backlash uh, to this match online, I didn't think it was all that bad, to be honest with you. I'm sure that, uh, that, that there's mixed opinions on this and mixed views on this match, um, but uh, and I'm also sure that it will uh, kind of lead to another poorly received rematch, uh, no doubt the Royal Rumble. That's the next pay-per-view that they have uh, uh, waiting for us. But uh, I enjoyed the booking of this match. Um, I, I, I thought that, uh, you know, it had um, a lot of interesting spots in there. I didn't mind all the, the heels ganging up on Roman Reigns. I think that that added to the story. Uh, and um, to be honest with you, I, 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 I wasn't expecting a win for Baron Corbin or King Corbin, I should say, but it does kind of prolong their feud, which uh, isn't going to go down well with everybody. Um, but uh, I think it does lead nicely to another match between these two. But what were your thoughts on this one then, Jason? I was waiting for Thanos and his whole army to come out because that seems <laughs> to be everyone who was fighting Roman Reigns. Um, I don't know if you can remember Undertaker against Yokozuna at Royal yeah, Rumble Night yes, 4. Yeah. Uh, that where every heel comes out to beat up the Undertaker. Um, I mean, I mean, I I find Baron Corbin uh, to me. It's I know he's well, he's a heel, and maybe you could argue maybe that's the point. But I feel it's for me, it's go away heat. I would rather not watch a match he's in. Even though I will argue, I mean, I'll, I'll contradict myself. I watched him on backstage when he talked to CM Punk. And that was the first time I actually thought, you don't seem too bad here. Um, so maybe you are playing a character constantly, but you make me not want to watch you. Um, so I was so like, so all these security guards, so that's five people. Now we've got Dolph Ziggler six. Now we've got, now we've got the revival as well. Um, and all I keep thinking is, Roman Reigns is the locker room leader and he has no friends. <laughs> I'm thinking exactly the same. No allies, <laughs> no friends backstage. Yeah, uh, no. Paul Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> he came back from a serious illness and still has nobody liking him. Um, that makes you a really bad person, that does. <laughs> that's that's got to be a thing. Um, I mean, at least now... 
fans do ch- get involved with the hoo-ha, when he makes all the stuff, it does yeah. get a reaction. And actually, uh, I'm, uh, I, well, I, I'm not in the party that enjoy all Roman's matches. I do like some of them, but not all. Where I do think the fans have warmed to him far more. Um, but I, I, I just thought by the end of it, I was tired of it. That's what I kept on thinking. I was, and I, do, I don't like the whole, for whatever reason... Baron Corbin always has some type of a gang and they never have, they're not a faction, but he always seems to have a group of people. I'd rather they just be an established faction that Baron Corbin is in charge of, not some kind of, I don't know what it is. It's like a weird kind of web that people are just drawn into because they're bad guys. Um, and, and, and yeah, that just seems to be really, really strange. At one time it was Drew, um, Drew McIntyre um, and he had loads of other people that just seemed to filter in and out. I mean, it's always been Dolph Ziggler doesn't seem to have anything other to do than support somebody else. It would have been Bobby Roode, but we know he's done for uh, drug, drug abuse at the moment. So that's why he's not here. Substance abuse. Um, but he would have popped in there. I guarantee that. So it would have been somebody else that Roman Reigns would have had to fought off. Um I just don't like it. I don't like it at all, even though um, I know people do, um, but it doesn't do it for me. And the whole arguing who's a big dog and all this type of stuff, I just go, he's not the world champ. So why is everybody competing to be the locker room leader or the big dog on campus? Shouldn't you really be competing for the title? That's where I, 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 so that's my, my rant over now. I'll get off my soapbox. There we go. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that uh, we're almost certainly going to get another match between these two, possibly at the Royal Rumble. Uh, I don't know, but I don't think their feud is over just yet. Certainly, uh, like I say, whenever, whenever a heel wins any type of match, you know that it's got to continue yeah. until the babyface gets the upper hand. So that's what's going to happen here, no doubt. But uh, the next match was, uh, besides the Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy match going into it, this was another match that I was particularly intrigued by. And it was the Miz versus Firefly Funhouse, mm. Bray Wyatt. So uh, although Bray Wyatt of The Fiend is the Universal Champion. Uh, I don't believe the title was on the line here. It was a non-title match as far as I was aware anyway. Um, And uh, for the first time, we get to see the Firefly Funhouse Bray uh, mm. wrestle or outside of the Firefly Funhouse. We've seen him kind of attack the Miz in a backstage segment uh, a week or two ago, but he came out to the Firefly Funhouse uh, theme um, and he got uh, quite a positive response. You could say a bit of a baby face pop, to be honest with you, just despite the fact that he's uh, portrayed as this despicable heel in the build up to this match with, uh, you know, everything Bray has done to the Miz and to his family. Um, Bray went for, you know, from the, the fun loving Bray uh, to the more serious Bray midway through the match um, I think it was just he took off his jumper and then he seemed to change personality I don't know if that's <laughs> all he needs to do uh, with, with Wyatt dropping Miz uh, with a sister Gail, Abigail on the outside and then another sister Abigail on the inside um, hooked Miz's leg and got the pinfall so it was uh, it, I think it only went about five or six minutes to be honest with you but the main story as far as I'm concerned was that uh, um, after the match um, the fiend comes up on the on the on the big screen on the mm. Titan Tron, and uh, Bray says, "Okay, I'll do it." 
what he was referring to, we, we find out he, he fetches his Firefly Funhouse uh, mallets from underneath the ring. Uh, the crowd start to chant, let him in, let him in. And then mm. the lights start to go out in the arena uh, with the creepy Fiend sound effects playing in the background. We all think that the Fiend is going to appear. Um, but but instead of the Fiend, we get the new look Daniel Bryan sporting a, bu- a buzz cut and a much shorter facial hair um, who took Bray out with two running knees uh, to loud yes chance before stomping away on Bray's head. So Brian goes to use the mallet himself on on, on Bray Wyatt and then the, the lights go out again and when they come back on Bray Wyatt was gone. So the segment ends with Daniel Bryan doing the yes chant up in the corner and then looking down on the Universal Championship. So it looks like he's got his eyes um, set firmly on another match with The Fiend or Bray Wyatt for the Universal Championship. Now my, my lasting memory of this match will be Daniel Bryan's return. Dare I say it's uh, possibly you know more of a, an American Dragon version of Daniel yeah, Bryan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, definitely the yes movement is back and uh, Daniel Bryan uh, appears to be back with a slightly fresher, slightly more revitalised, a bit of a, a new or older look, you could say, mm. uh, from the from the Bryan Danielson or the Daniel Bryan that we uh, knew and loved from several years ago. But uh, all of that makes me very, very happy. But uh, give us your kind of uh, your quick thoughts on this match and what went down afterwards. I love the build up. I thought it was great. I mean, harassing the kid and all the puppets being around it. I thought that was really that creepy. Was good. Really good. Very creepy. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, uh, I mean, I thought I really enjoyed it. And, and the idea that it was going to be because uh, I, I I like The Miz as a character, but I don't rate him that much as a wrestler. And the idea that he would be strong enough or tough enough to fight the Fiend uh, doesn't isn't believable to me. Is he big? Is he tough enough to fight Bray Wyatt, the, the nice guy? Yeah. OK, then that makes a lot more sense. That does. And also it means then that Bray isn't absolutely unbeatable. Um, he's, he's not absolutely unstoppable. It gives a little bit of a, a an interesting tweak to his character. It's a bit like um, Split, isn't it? Um, that kind of film. And exactly. uh, yeah, so it worked really well. I enjoyed the match. I mean, uh, I think there should have been maybe a potential. I don't know. How, I, I, yeah, I don't know how much. I'd maybe tweaked it slightly on the way that uh, the Miz was attacking, but I, it, there wasn't really much I would argue against it. I thought it was very, very good. Um, he lost in the way he did, which was fair. Um, I maybe would have just simply just had it be shorter. That would have been it. That Bray kind of just got fed up of being attacked and then finally just sorted him. But I thought other than that, it was good. And it's great to see Daniel Bryan back. Um, and I could see them fighting at the Rumble. Um, yeah, all in all, I was very, I loved it. I did. I mean, the, the only bit that's a bit odd is, are we arguing that how can hit the theme be on the screen? And Bray be in the ring. I guess that was the only bit I was like, mm, not sure what to make of this. We're not having uh, two different people. We know it's the same person. We're not getting to that kind of category, are we? But other than that, I thought it was very good. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm wondering if they're running out of ideas of how to present the fiends. And we know that you've got Funhouse Bray and you've got the fiends that uh, Funhouse Bray stays in the Funhouse and uh, the fiends does all the wrestling. So you can kind of understand the, the split personality there, the the bipolar nature of the character. But then I don't want us to lead to an eventual match between the fiend and Bray Wyatt. However, they do that <laughs> oh, no. but, but, because that would be like having the undertaker versus the undertaker from SummerSlam 94. Oh, no. and, and, and that was just horrendous. And I don't want anything that might resemble anything similar to that. Mm. Uh, but I say keep them separate. I don't even mind if Funhouse Bray wants to come and come and wrestle like they did on this occasion. Mm. That was quite refreshing to me because um, I think they probably 
overexposed the fiend to yeah. a certain degree where we just needed a few weeks break from him and i think funhouse break coming out and wrestling was, was nice it was refreshing it made a change and it was all good um uh, but funny. it was yeah. good to see him interact with the fans and stuff like yeah. that and he was and he was talking it was very different i mean um i liked it. i really did i i didn't think it would work but i really did enjoy it actually and i just thought no this is cool i really i really think this works far better um that and that's it you can have him then fight people who wouldn't wouldn't be up to scratch against the fiend and have still the the champion appear on the show without it being uh yeah without it being that kind of one-sided unstoppable monster i loved it i thought it was good yeah definitely now i have to ask you which which belt do you prefer do you prefer that the blue universal championship belt or do you prefer that the, the new kind of fiend the fiends uh belt with the, the fiends face on it i'm not a big fan of that one what about yourself yeah i'd agree with you on that one no i, yeah. d- I don't get that one stick uh, with the I, blue one yeah, yeah definitely so into our kind of semi-final match you could say it was a tables match between bob lashley bobby lashley and uh, rusev now the only thing that would have made this match at all interesting to myself going into it would, would be to have had, uh, I, I can think of a better stipulation, maybe to have like a, a Lana uh, on a pole match or a Lana in a shark cage match. <laughs> I know CM Punk suggested <laughs> Lana in a, in a shark cage. That would have been so much better. And maybe that's what they're going to do for their next match. But oh, I felt that, uh, yeah, let, let's have a stipulation. Do you remember Judy Bagwell on, on a forklift yep. back in WCW yep. days and all the various <laughs> Vince Russo, uh, you know, weapons on a pole match or whatever it was but uh, let's kind of hark yeah. back to those uh, let's get vince russo back in to book this one <laughs> for the war rumble but uh, that would that's the only thing that would have made this match uh, enjoyable at all so this match uh, and the build build up to this match did nothing for me to be honest with you and despite mm. several attempts to put each other through the table uh, we saw rusev introduce a guardrail into the match which lashley, lashley uh, actually ended up putting rusev through at mm. ringside now uh, whether the guard railing was gimmicked or not that looked pretty painful to be mm. honest with you it's like when the, when the wrestlers go through a ladder that always looked painful yeah. uh, so this one uh, didn't look any less painful Lashley finds a kendo stick from underneath the ring which he uses to strike Rusev um, across the back with and uh, as his ex-wife Lana looks on with glee on the outside, uh, Bobby sets up a second table in the corner of the ring, uh, but he's quickly beat down with sendo- several kendo sh- stick shots from Rusev and a, and a matchka kick as well from the big guy. Uh, Lana then comes into the ring, jumps on Rusev's back with Lashley trying and failing to spear Rusev through one table, only to succeed on his second attempt through a second table to win the match. So, uh, yeah, so a, a win there for Bobby Lashley against Rusev. Um, similar to Baron Corbin versus Roman Reigns. I don't think we've seen the last of this one, to be honest with you. But uh, let's put Lana on a pole or Lana in a shark cage. I think that would make it a bit more interesting for me. Uh, yeah. But what were your thoughts on what went down on Sunday night then, buddy? Well, I mean, um, the I mean the fans do, the the fans who are in the Raw arenas do seem to cheer for this. And actually... Um, Rusev has come out looking pretty good, actually. Um, mm. I now find this really difficult because I hate these type of storylines. They seldom work in, in my eyes, but um, Rusev has come out looking like a babyface. I had two thoughts. One would have been um, because he seems to be dressing quite like an everyday man or whatever. Um, so I didn't think his wrestling gear matched the kind of character he's being elsewhere. And you know what would have done it? And it, I think he'd have got a massive cheer 
if Aidan in English had introduced him. Oh yes. I thought that would have just but that was a beat that was missed there, and he would have just everyone would have just ate that up, uh, because the whole point, if you remember, they fell out because he said Lana was the problem. Yeah. And and that would have just been another little tie up of a something, and it would just uh, yeah I that to me was an open goal that they missed. Um, I mean well. It, it is going to last, isn't it? All I keep thinking is now, I mean, Rusev even said on the microphone uh, before the interview, well, uh, if they get married, I don't have to pay ch- um, alimony. So this is great. <laughs> it was like, so why do you even want to fight? <laughs> th- th- really? Yeah. You should just let them go. <laughs> you should be celebrating. You yeah, should you be, should be uh... celebrating. <laughs> going, going to Denny's and uh, and spoiling yeah. himself, but uh, I tell you, what, I hadn't thought about the the Aiden English connection, and yeah. that would that would have been the cherry on on the cake oh, to yeah. get him out to to sing him out to the ring, or for them to have a Peace. reunion, a, a big yes. hug. Uh, that would have been absolutely amazing. And like I say, Aiden English, he was right all along, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. Uh, he, he could see the warning signs. He could see the warning yeah. signals. But um, there we go. I, I'm not sure what he's up to nowadays. I think he's commentating on 205 Live. Uh, <laughs> but there we go. And then we get some sort of bizarre backstage segment with the Street Profits. Uh, they, they, they're kind of talking to the camera. Then they get rudely interrupted by a brawl between Baron Corbin, Roman Reigns, the Revival. Ziggler was there. Shorty G was involved. Then the Profits start getting involved in this brawl. Uh, I'm not sure what that's all about. Um, I've, I've got a funny feeling we'll be talking a bit more about that brawl later on. Uh, yeah. Then we go straight into our main event. Oh, do you want to talk about the brawl? Have you got any any kind of thoughts or insight into the brawl there, Jason? Well, they, they seemed a load of people that should have helped, right? Roman Reigns earlier in the show. That's all exactly. I thought. Exactly. <laughs> where was where was Montez Ford and, uh, and Dawkins yeah, when he was getting earlier? His... <laughs> Precisely. Maybe he does have some friends after all, but maybe they just weren't watching that. Maybe that was one of the matches that they weren't interested in. So yeah, they That's when they was in catering. <laughs> I mean, their KFC. <laughs> yeah. There we go. So uh, on to the main event anyway. So we've got the current WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, the Kabuki Warriors, going up against Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. So I was I was particularly pleased to see Asuka and Kyrie Sane headline this show after doing a, mm. quite a good job of uh, establishing themselves and establishing or re-establishing the tag team titles uh, following the disastrous uh, reign of the Iconics, um, yep. who haven't been seen since, since they lost the championship, which, which is a shame <laughs> because I quite, like, I quite like their gimmick. I quite They're like their characters. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they, they should have used them a bit better as, as tag team champions instead of just a comedy act uh, but this match was, was pretty physical I think much like some of the matches that we've spoken about already Jason this match was pretty physical uh, yeah. it went to the out- outside quite early on where we're saying uh gets a big boot to the face uh, before uh, appearing to have a, a, a monitor uh, launched at her head as Becky and Charlotte were clearing the announce table. So it's a bit unclear as to whether the monitor did hit her. She did react as if something hit her. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, that, that might explain um, one or two of the things that happens later on in the match. Charlotte then gets a steel chair dropped kicked into her face. Asuka then gets her dropped into a chair on the edge of a ladder. So uh, that, that looked pretty painful. At one point, Kyrie Sane goes underneath the ring to get away from the baby faces, only to have uh, a, a, a... She finds a fire extinguisher and then mm-hmm. sets it off in Becky and Charlotte's face. That was quite a good uh, yeah, segment. Good, um, Becky then gets tied to a ladder, uh, which is uh, quite strange. Let's not give Seth Rollins any ideas, uh, <laughs> which is... Uh, so she gets tied to a ladder, which is laid on the floor on the outside, keeping Becky from being able to help out her yeah. partner. 
and after fending off Asuka and Sane uh, with the ladder and kendo stick shot, Charlotte is able to loosen the ropes um, and uh, keeping that was keeping Becky tied down, allowing Becky to free herself eventually. Becky then drives Asuka through a table with a like a leg drop, um, and uh, that was off the middle turnbuckle to the outside. That was pretty good spot. Sane then reverses a double vertical suplex into a double DVT. Charlotte mm. then appears to uh, she, she appears angered after Kyrie Sane fails to take Charlotte's spear properly on the outside. Charlotte even appears to struggle to get Kyrie Sane up mm. for a power bomb through a table. So kind of wondering whether whether Kyrie Sane might be fully coherent with all the punishment that she took certainly at the beginning of the match and maybe that monitor did strike her head yeah. after all um, but it wouldn't surprise me if, if uh, kind of uh, Kyrie Sane maybe gets chewed out a little bit backstage for no selling to the Queen um, wow. who knows stranger things have happened um, Asuka then uh, powerbombs Charlotte off the ring apron through another table at ringside that uh, incapacitates her for the rest of the match I believe Becky then goes to climb the ladder to retrieve the belt when Asuka pulls the rope that was still attached to the ladder now remember that was the ladder that Becky was attached to or tied down to earlier on she pulls the rope and uh, causes the ladder to fall and Becky comes crashing down hard putting her out of the match too the match comes to an end when Asuka climbs the ladder and retrieves the belts to retain the championships for her and her partner and the Kabuki Warriors win the match. So I enjoyed this match. Uh, it, it, it certainly wasn't match of the year contender, don't get me wrong, but I'm not going to go and, you know, shit on this match like a lot of other people no. have. Um, but uh, for the second year running, we have Asuka winning in the main event of a TLC yeah. pay-per-view, climbing the ladder to retrieve a championship. And once again, the, the match from 12 months ago featured Charlotte and uh, Becky Lynch. So very similar surroundings to 12 months ago. But once again, the last pay-per-view, last WWE pay-per-view of the year, has Asuka sitting aloft atop of the ladder with her championship belts and uh, winning the match for her team on this occasion. So... Um, yeah, I thought this was a really good match and a lot of people have not been so kind to this main event match. I thought it was good for what it was. Um, but uh, what are your thoughts on this match? But also what's your thoughts on possibly the, the long term booking and storyline between Charlotte and Becky? Because, you know, thinking six months ahead, five, six months ahead, you've got WrestleMania around the corner. Um, you know, I, I got a feeling that they're going to. Uh, obviously do what all good tag teams do and split up and feud um, but uh, could we be looking at a Charlotte-Becky feud somewhere down the line heading into the Rumble or maybe towards Wrestlemania but give us your thoughts on this match and uh, give us your kind of booking scenarios for where we go between those two. Oh, I hope that's not true what you just said uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, I really I like the match uh, I double checked how long it was it was half an hour um, because I felt like it was going on a long time, not in a bad way, but there was a couple of times where I thought this is the finish and then it would go on a little bit further. And there was one time where I thought you probably should have finished it there. Um, but no, I'd uh, heard that um, Kyrie Sane got hurt. Um, I couldn't clock when it was. There was um, a suplex throw that Charlotte did into the barricade, which I thought she didn't like that land flush. I thought she landed sideways on her head. So, if it was the monitor, if it was that, if it was combination, um, I could see that. Um, but I just thought it was brutal. I thought, um, I think I read that when they were going into the Ronda Rousey stuff um, into WrestleMania, they said to each other, just just lay the hits in. Let's not do any kind of, in some ways, uh, wrestling, uh, pro wrestling at least. Let's make sure that it's as believable as it can be because we don't want to be in a situation where people go, nah, the women can't do it. Um, 
And so I just thought they were beating the daylights out of each other. Um, so I thought it was good. Um, I thought the uh, Becky, time Becky to the uh, ladder looked like she was like um, one of those women on the on the train tracks from the old movies. Uh, that's <laughs> the damsel in distress. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of that. Um, I thought it was really good. I could see when they took the, the spear did not work. You could see that. And then um, the power bomb, because I would have said Charlotte should be very easy able to pick up. Uh, Kari Singh, because she, she, there's nothing to her, so she must have been absolutely just dead weight. She must have been out of it. Um, so that power bomb looked brutal, and even to the point where Oscar went up to her to speak to her, uh, who's meant to be a heel. So uh, she was obviously concerned. And was that back suplex that she did on the outside a receipt for that? I'm not really sure. Um, but no, I thought it was a good match actually, and I love the finish. I thought the rope was very clever. Um, bringing that back into it and uh, yeah I thought that was great I mean I somebody was saying that she should have been taken out um, yeah but how would that have worked how I mean you'd have literally just basically had to have stopped the match because no one could have come in to switch in and Oscar would have been one against two and she's meant to be the heel so you'd have made a face and then you'd have turned everyone against Becky Lynch um, which which wouldn't have been positive either so there, there's no other scenario I could see, but if she was as hurt as she was, it's disappointing they they had us continue fighting. But at the same time, I wasn't, I hadn't noticed that until much later on. So if I give everybody else the benefit of the doubt too, and say they hadn't noticed it, then then I can see why she was still in the match. But I didn't think it was bad. Um, I'd give it three three and a half four stars. I thought they tried bloody hard. It was it was a tough fight. Yeah. Um, it was, Charlotte it was physical, Becky. it was brutal. Yeah. I think you, you summed it up perfectly when you said it was brutal. They, they, they didn't hold back on any of the no. uh, the strikes. I, th- I think possibly one or two of the chair shots uh, looked a little bit weak, but I think yeah. overall, I, I, I thought it was uh, a really good match. And when you think it was, it was a, a contrast, in my opinion, to the uh, triple threat match that closed Survivor Series from last month, last month which I didn't think was a, a great match. Unfortunately, I was pleased with the outcome, pleased with uh, the fact that Shayna Baszler won the match, but I didn't think it was a, a good match. No, but this one, I, I thought it was a good match. And when you think back to that uh, tremendous triple threat uh, TLC match from last year's uh, TLC, which was um, a very, very credible match, and I thought it was mm. possibly one of the best matches of the year. Um, when you think last year that women's wrestling was red hot, and and that yeah. one was certainly highlighted as one of the better matches of the year. And uh, it wasn't as good as that, but um, it, it wasn't it uh, kind of quite remarkable that Asuka kind of ends this year's TLC in almost identical yeah. fashion to last year's, and uh, that um, that was uh, you know quite 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 good, especially for fans of Asuka and and, uh, also one thing that I noted is I I think we've had uh, more than half of the WWE pay-per-views in 2019 headlined by a women's main event so um, I think that that's um, really really good as well I mean certainly the War Rumble springs to mind Wrestlemania uh, let's see last month's uh, Survivor Series I know that there's been some mixed tag matches where Becky's been in the the main event uh, alongside Seth and of course this one so uh, I think it's been a a great year for for the women and uh, they've continued to build and build and build um, upon you know their popularity and their, their wrestling credentials so um yeah good i'm happy with the way this one ended anyway so uh, interesting you said that i hadn't really registered that over half yeah 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 you're right just going back to what you said about the charlotte and becky thing just before i forget Mm, yeah um um, 
that I would hate that with a passion. I feel like those two have been bound together since last year's SummerSlam. Um, and even before that, to be honest, actually, if you if you go back, I don't know. They seem to have some kind of weird uh, connection. I mean, I, I mean, Becky even said it on uh, in a promo. For whatever reason, we seem to be stuck together. Um, my take would be, if you want me to fancy book, I would say that Baszler's going to win the women's uh, rumble, and she'll fight Becky at WrestleMania if Ronda Rousey doesn't come back. That'd be my pick. Mm, interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, a Ronda Rousey return. I'm a big fan yes, of her. I'm a big fan I of what really she did. Uh, but I'd, I'd love to see her back. Uh, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me because she made her debut two years ago at the Royal Rumble that she kind of reappears at uh, next year's Royal Rumble, which is uh, only a month away, of course, and that she'll be in a featured match at WrestleMania. So who knows? Who knows? Mm. Uh, in the back of my head, I, I'm kind of thinking uh, a, a triple threat rematch from last year's WrestleMania. For Nature's WrestleMania, I wouldn't be surprised to see the three of them in a featured match again. No more Charlotte. (laughs) (laughs) You've had enough of Charlotte Flair. (laughs) She's the same. She's She's now been cast as the Roman Reigns of the women's division, which is for some reason she has some kind of aura slash title which doesn't exist. But everyone that that's how they keep position her. That she seems to be in this same kind of constant conversation if you're not the champion why do you keep getting pushed as if you are or in many ways better than the champion it doesn't make any sense they should be that that really really bugs the living and yeah so i think can she wrestle yeah i think she can um but the idea that she is pushed to the nines is uh, is exhausting i'd rather have her just feud with somebody else um, yeah, and, and and just have a good match. I mean, the Trisha match, that was uh, that is what it is. I wasn't too bothered about that. But the point is, is that, I don't know, just constantly in the mix. It's, and the other thing is, if you think about it, someone was saying that actually it's only been, there's like four, I mean, it is the four horsewomen, really, who are the same women pushed all the time. I'm not saying it's bad that they're pushing women. It's excellent. But why keep pushing the same ones when you've got a really, I mean, Oscar kind of got in the mix and then kind of got pushed back out. Now she's fighting Becky um, last year. I mean, she, she beat Becky. Everyone, I mean, that's something. Yeah. I mean, that that's really important. But everyone ignore it. That got really, sh- I can't believe they forgot about that because that was an easy storyline to pick up. You beat me. Now, after that, I'm going to get my win back because I went and won the Rumble and whatever. But everyone forgot about yeah anyway there we go yeah so, so i mean overall um i thought it was a, a positive show certainly wasn't the best pay-per-view of the year i mean some of the highlights and bright spots for me uh certainly the, the, the alistair black versus buddy murphy match i thought that's mm-hmm. really good i enjoyed the return of daniel bryan yeah um, i thought uh, thought the opening match between the revival and the new day was very positive um I enjoyed the main event as well but uh, uh especially with, with the outcome of the kabuki warriors going over in the main events um i also enjoyed samoa joe on commentary now yeah. as much as i want to see him back in the ring i do think he's definitely a very positive addition to the commentary mm. team and um I, I i i'm quite enjoying him and vic joseph um at the desk together um it seems quite a, a solid and uh you know, coherent commentary 
team. Yeah. You haven't got the, the ramblings of, well, I suppose you do still have the ramblings of Jerry Lawler, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but uh, you need a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of dark with every bit of light, don't you really? But uh, yeah, I, I'm quite enjoying Samoa Joe on commentary, although it would be better if he was back in the ring, of course. But if the long-term future is him on commentary, then, you know, th- there's worse things that could happen, I suppose. But uh, what were your kind of... Uh, kind of uh, your your kind of everlasting memories of, of TLC. What be the the things that will kind of you'll remember the show by? Oh, the Atlas of Black match, uh, and to be honest, the um, the, the kickoff show match. I, I really enjoyed it. I, uh, I thought it was very good, and uh, I, I probably actually remember the main event. I did. I, I did like it. Um, I mean, the tag match was 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 good, but actually, I, I probably preferred that one. Uh, just because I thought they were they were beating the Vandellas out of each other, and I'd, I'd I'd watch it again just to see if I can notice when she got hurt, if she got hurt. But the point was, I did enjoy it. Uh, I don't want to spoil things for you slightly, but I don't believe Samoa Joe is going to be on commentary anymore based on what happened on Raw. Ah, I haven't. I'm not privy to what happened on Raw. To be honest, you've been uh, working all day and uh, preparing for like the podcast. So, uh, yes, please go go ahead. Um, I believe what happens is is that he stands up to AOP and Seth, and he gets powerbomb through a table. Um, so I think if he can take bumps, he's he's able to work now. Mm. Um, so he's well, because I mean, the end of the day, he was playing off as a face, wasn't he, on commentary? Um, because Joe, by nature, is actually quite a nice guy. He's not Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is not a nice person, <laughs> secretly, in real life. Where he's quite a nice bloke, and he came across that way. And I think they've they've turned him now. So, I mean, him feuding against AOP and Seth. I mean, you're gonna have Seth. Uh, you're gonna have Samoa Joe, um, Kevin Owens, and probably Rey Mysterio. That's a nice little triple threat, isn't it? Um, I'd be up for that. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's uh, but that's what happened on Raw. Uh, so I think actually that was his, even though I, I thought he was really good at commentary and I think going back to that in the future would actually be helpful to him um, because I mean longevity and all that. And uh, if they don't give him the title run that he deserves, then that, if I was him, I'd probably accept that earlier just in case because um, I don't know why he hasn't had a world title yet. But anyway, well, at least main roster, I should say. Yeah. So, Jason, I think we've covered it, everything yeah. good, bad and indifferent on TLC there. But uh, I can't say goodbye to you without first setting you up for the challenge. That oh. is the two minute brain buster quiz. So you've probably heard some of the other offerings uh, to, to run through our leaderboard. Um, unfortunately, at the bottom is, is Mr. Kieran Reed, who uh, scored three correct questions uh, or answers in two minutes um, and then this past weekend we had Nick Towers who scored a very credible seven correct uh, answers in two minutes but uh, top of the leaderboard and uh, can we topple him today is, is Grizz um, who was on uh, the Wrestling with John's podcast a couple of weeks ago scored nine so uh, he was asked I think 13 or 14 questions in two minutes got nine of those right so really good uh, response rate um so nine is the score to beat so the rules are very simple um i've got a list of questions here um and i will ask them as as speedily as i can making sure that uh, i I get the the questions out as clearly as possible you just need to answer as many of those questions as quickly as you can um in the two minute time span Uh, you can pass um as many times as you want my advice is is, is give yourself a a second or two thinking time and uh if you know if instead of passing maybe give 
give us an answer because you never know it could be the right one yeah um but um you throw your hat into the ring with with all and that's good um about your wrestling knowledge so how would how would you rate your your wrestling knowledge in general then i mean you've been a wrestling fan for a number of years uh would you say that you've retained a fair bit of the information that you've seen over the years um i'm a, I'm a lexicon of knowledge i don't know <laughs> oh well let, let's see if that really score hard. of nine is under threat this up passively so when i crash and burn <laughs> it'll be very memorable at that point there we go okay well uh let's see how we get on so let's make sure i've got my stopwatch at the ready okay so the the clock the the first question uh, will be asked uh and then the clock will start upon my first question so the two minutes starts now which ecw legends did paul Heyman once call suicidal homicidal and genocidal uh sabu which wrestler won his second WWF championship in 1994, 11 years after losing the title in 1983? 94. Bob Who is the current New Japan United States champion? New Japan United States champion. Pass. In what year were we introduced to the Shield? At that year's Survivor Series. 2012. William Regal debuted in the WWE or WWF in 1997. But what was his gimmick? Uh, The real man's man. Which heel tag team did Alexa Bliss manage when she was in NXT? Oh, oh. it had Buddy Murphy and... I don't know the name of it. Pass. Okay. Who did the Young Bucks lose to in the opening round of AEW's tag team tournament? Um, there's something party, private party. Who was the first ever NXT North American champion? First ever was Seth, Seth Rollins. Which former elite member made a surprise appearance at Saturday night's NWA Into the Fire? Uh, Marty Scully. Marty Scully. How many days was Pete Dunne the WWE United Kingdom champion for? Oh, damn. 508. Right, and that's two minutes up, Jason. So your time has expired. So you, you you, you was asked... You was asked. Oh, here we go. Was it my phone a friend? Okay. (laughs) Uh, There's no 50 50 or phone a friend in this. Uh, So so you you was asked 10 questions. Let's go through them. So, uh, right. right. So, question number one Which ECW legend did Paul Heyman once call suicidal, homicidal, and genocidal? Um, And you answered Sabu. Sabu was correct. Uh, Which wrestler? won his second WWF championship in 1994, 11 years after losing the title in 1983. You correctly answered Bob Backlund. Who is the current um, New Japan United States champion? Now, I think you passed on question yeah, three. Yeah, I did. The correct answer this. is Lance Archer. Now, no. Lance Archer won the championship after John Moxley uh, couldn't uh, get to Japan. I think right. that the flight, flights were grounded. And uh, I think that there was a, a championship match between Lance Archer and Juice Robinson, which uh, Archer won. And right. he's now the US champion. Question four. 
in what year we were we introduced to the shield in that year survivor series and you correctly answered 2012 so uh, it was at the oh, very um. end of 2012 so that's <laughs> three out of four so far uh, so now, i'm not sure there we go so <laughs> William Regal debuted in WWF in 1997, but what was his gimmick? He was the man's man or the real man's man. Congratulations. <laughs> Question six. Which heel tag team did Alexa Bliss manage when she was in NXT? So you got half of it right. It was uh, Blake and Murphy. Um, oh, but I don't think they actually had a proper tag team name. Oh, right. But um, So I think you kind of passed on that one. So we yeah, can't. I think Blake who uh, then? Blake who? Uh, Wesley Blake. He's part of the Forgotten Sons. Right. Now. Okay. No idea. And, and, okay. and Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy uh, was his. They were engaged at the time, weren't they? They were indeed. Yes. Uh, so, question seven: Who did the Young Bucks lose to in the opening round of AEW's tag team tournament? You correctly answered Private Party. Question eight: Who was the first ever NXT North American champion? So, the first ever North American champion was crowned at NXT Takeover New Orleans in 2018, and it was Adam Cole, baby. So he won that six-man ladder match, if you remember, that opens uh, TakeOver New Orleans a couple of years ago. Uh, which former Elite member made a surprise Sorry. appearance? Sorry, Hello? one second. I thought you said who was the first ever... Oh, North you American first ever NXT champion. You said for North American champion. First ever NXT North American champion. Oh, okay. I missed that entirely then. Okay. Yes. Damn. So, okay, then I totally missed that one. Okay. Um, w- w- would you have known the answer? Had you? Have, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I totally. Oh, right. I thought you just meant who was the first ever NXT. Oh, okay. Never mind. Okay. Because yeah, you answered um, Seth Rollins. Seth didn't Rollins. You? Yeah. That's yeah. So I, I, I did say who was the first ever NXT North American champion. North American. And, uh, Sorry. Okay. Yes, that's right. Uh, question nine: uh, Which former Elite member made a surprise appearance at last Saturday's NWA pay-per-view Into the Fire? You correctly answered Marty Scurll. And uh, question ten: We got up to how many days was Pete Dunne the WWE United Kingdom champion? Of course, he beat Tyler Bate in that classic match in Chicago, and he was a UK champion for 685 oh, days. So way off. <laughs> you, you so let's let's count up the uh, number of correct. Question. Yeah, really. So one, two, three, four. We'll call it even five, eighty. That's all six. it is. That's, yeah, we'll call it. One, two, three, four, five, six. I've got six out of ten. So yeah. six uh, it doesn't quite surpass Nick Tower from Saturday or uh, doesn't yeah. get us near Grizz's nine. Uh, but you're not on the bottom of the leaderboard. Uh, you're kind of you're, you're there or thereabouts. And the point is, uh, you can always have an opportunity to better your score the next time you come on the Wrestling with Jonas podcast, Jason. So there we go. Uh, congratulations, oh, my friend. How did, you, how, did you, how did you find the quiz? Did you enjoy it? Oh, it's fun. Yeah, of course I do. Yeah, it's great fun. Uh, I always love wrestling related quizzes. Uh, that's the way to go, that is. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Right. So, uh, Jason, that brings us to the end of uh, this special WWE TLC review episode. Um, do you have any kind of uh, any any social media handles or any anything you want to plug? Um, where, where can the listeners of Wrestling Jonas find you or say hi if they want to get in touch with you? Well, I mean, I'm I'm still on uh, your forum. Uh, I, I definitely with uh, the Wrestling with John's, uh, uh, Facebook page, uh, and at some point there will be a, uh, a some kind of YouTube verse podcast of, of of my film reviews. But that's uh, watch this space. That's going to be next year, definitely. 
there we go we all look forward to that and uh like i say when you do set it up let us know we'll mm. kind of uh, support it and uh, plug it on the show here but uh, there we go so that's uh, pretty much all from myself and from jason please keep it tuned to the wrestling with Jonas podcast for all of your weekly nxt and aw updates including wwe and aw pay-per-view reviews and so much more including uh, special exclusive interviews i've done quite a few in 2019 and many more to come in 2020 and if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast please don't forget to spread the word tell your friends and tell your family and don't forget to subscribe to the wrestling with john's podcast so that you don't miss out on a single episode in the meantime have yourself a great week and from myself and from jason take care and speak to you all again soon 